Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Web3 Business Podcast, helping you navigate the future of business. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Web3 Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Alejandro Arango, also known as Chiron. And we're going to explore Web3 and the written word. We're going to talk about how you can create NFTs and do token gating with written content and how this is going to really change the world of publishing. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our amazing content. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's transition over this week's interview with Chiron. Helping you to simplify your Web3 journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Alejandro Arango, also known as Chiron. He's a writer and marketer who specializes in Web3 and DAOs. His course is called Ed3, an educational course designed to help marketers get into the world of Web3. Chiron, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? Thank you for having me, Michael. It's my pleasure. I'm super excited that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart and to your heart, which is Web3 and writing. And we're not just talking about like marketing writing. We're talking about writing writing. We're going to talk about how mirror.xyz is changing the world of publishing. But before we go there, Chiron, I want to hear your backstory. How the heck did you get into Web3? Start wherever you want to start. So I think the best place to start would be back in the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019. I was at a point of feeling kind of stagnant within Web2. I had already been a consultant for about five years at the time. I worked with a lot of marketplaces, bike companies. I used to represent a brand called Bike Exchange. And I was sent to the Tour de France to, to live report it, to get to see the, the entire event from the ground. And that was one of the most excruciating, but at, at the same time, exhilarating experiences of my life. It was something that took a huge toll on me. But it was also one of my proudest moments. Were you a journalist? I'm not a journalist by trade, but I do, do specialize as a content marketer. So yeah, it was part of my job. And who were you representing when you were there? I'm just out of curiosity. Who are you working for? Were you working for the race company or were you working for a bike company? Or who were you working for exactly? At the time, I used to be the marketing lead in a marketplace brand called Bike Exchange for the Colombian branch. Got it. And you went there to do what exactly? What was your goal when you were there? Mostly going there to find out, to represent, like, we, we didn't have, like, a set plan in place. Like, I just went there, wrote daily articles, did TikToks and, and Instagram videos and everything, mostly to get the Colombians to witness how the entire race went. Because we, at the time, had six riders riding the, the entire event. 
And it just so happened to be the year that Egan Bernal won the first Latin American victory for the Tour de France in history. Very cool. Okay, so you're there. You realize it was kind of a challenge. And keep going with the story. How does this open up doors for you to eventually get into NFTs, crypto, Web3, and all that fun stuff? So after all that experience, when I got back home and that whole event was over, I felt the biggest burnout I've ever felt in my life. I was drained emotionally, physically, intellectually, you name it. And it took me like five or six months to get back in the game. And it it sort of awakened something within me to look for more, to be more challenged, to give more. And the biggest catalyst for all that was COVID, of course. But at the time, like most Colombian businesses were mom and pop shops run on the corner store. Like, yeah, they barely had an Excel sheet to keep track of their inventories. So I took it as a calling to start helping businesses transform, adapt technologies, like simple stuff, like setting up a WordPress blog or a Shopify store. And I did that for the following two years. And around the end of 2020, this was right in the the meat of the matter, I started like keeping an eye on the forefront of technology. Like at the time that was crypto and AI and all these big platforms and big technologies being launched and buzzing around the interwebs. And at that time, a lot of what we now consider to be household names in Web3 were just getting started like ENS and Uniswap and OneInch. Yeah. What picked my attention the most was that it was no longer just about speculating on tokens and hoping them for them to go up. These were now brands and products and infrastructure that could actually help businesses and be implemented without even having to consider the speculatory aspects of crypto. So at that time, while I was helping businesses transform, I also started checking out Web3, or it wasn't even Web3, it was just crypto at the time, checking it out, keeping an eye on it, trying to find a way to get in. And at the beginning of 2021, that's when I found my opening and jumped full time. So you you found your opening in 2021 and you jumped in full time. Tell us more. Like, what did you do? What was your opening? So I remember very clearly seeing the Beeple auction. And I took that as my signal as, oh, digital products are now equally as valuable as any physical good. This is my call to, to action. So that very night, I bought Ethereum for the first time and just jumped in, started minting my own NFT, tried to make it as an NFT artist at first, just to see how it went. And after about four or five months of trying that out, I noticed like, okay, I'm being silly here. It's time for me to find a way to be valuable to this ecosystem through the talents I have nurtured across the past decade, instead of trying to just make it into a completely new niche. So that's when I found DAOs and I noticed like, for example, the Jump community, which you're also a member of, that that place was my home at first. Like, being able to make a marketing calendar and being able to think of content and discuss like how all of these new technologies and new approaches could fit into the marketing we all know and love. That's what gave me the foot in the door that I needed to start working in Web3. Yeah. And we had Jeff Kaufman on the show, the founder of Jump. I would love to hear a little bit about like Mirror. Like when did this come into the equation for you? And tell us a little bit more. Let's connect the dots to your interest in Mirror. So it actually was Jump that led me to Mirror. I remember very clearly they have a Mirror publication, which they don't use as often as I would like personally, <laughs> but they did have one. And I was like, oh, there's like a, a medium or a substack in Web3, and it allows you to be compensated in tokens for writing articles. So I started checking it out. I started toying with it. And 
then I bit the bullet and decided to start publishing articles the same way I had done before, but now on this new platform, just to see the value of tokenization, the value of having a, a Web3 exclusive audience. It took me quite a while. It was, I think my first, the very first article I published was like January, 2022. So, and when we were chatting in preparation for this, you told me that you are a mere maxi. So you explain what that means to people and why you're so excited about Mir. So this is the big unlock that very few people have wrapped their head around so far. I mentioned that I thought Mirror was like a medium of Substack, but then it came to mind that Mirror might be more like a WordPress or even a type of schema. Instead of just worrying about the publishing of the articles and the displaying of them, the data that it allows by being tokenized allows you to have a much deeper connection to your audience. So whereas Medium or Substack may allow you to gather your initial audience, Mirror allows you to engage them and have a direct connection with them. Okay, so just to summarize a little bit, you started out as a content marketer working for a bicycle marketplace and then COVID happened and somewhere along the way you decided, all right, I'm going to help businesses in Colombia figure out the new emerging technology. You discovered crypto slash Web3. You got involved in the Jump community, and then you discovered Mirror.xyz, and you're like, whoa, okay, I love creating content. I now can essentially create this content as an NFT, as a digital collectible. This is transformative. I mean, is that the summary? Yeah, that's the perfect summary. And I would add to that, the collectible side of it isn't even the most interesting part. Because sure, you can collect an NFT, same as a profile picture, but Mirror is opening up a lot of roads and they're trying to explore a lot of possible avenues to what happens when people do the gesture of collecting your article. So think of tokenized articles the same way you would subscribe to the New York Times or being able to have a vote or in a way in what your favorite author or writer does in the future. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that can be done when you tokenize an article. Well, and we should also mention these courses that you're creating. Tell us a little bit about that as well. So these new courses at three are a little experiment done by Elliot Kuvat, which is the content lead at CoinVice at the moment, and myself. We were very good friends. We published articles together in the past, and we've recently been exploring other and better ways of packaging the content we already do. So most of what we do is very actionable, very insightful in terms of like what does Web3 actually mean for a marketing campaign or a business. But we found that the best way to really communicate that value is not only to publish an article, but also give you worksheets and give you videos and try to make it as cohesive and as well-packaged as possible. So we are challenging ourselves to publish a course a month exclusively aimed at business owners, entrepreneurs, and marketers trying to get into Web3. Very cool. All right. Well, there's some people listening right now, I guarantee you, that are skeptical about this whole Web3 thing, and in particular, are really skeptical about the idea of using the written word and Web3, because it seems, when we're recording this in, in late 2022, that NFTs are dominated by images, maybe a little bit of animation, maybe a little bit of video, but mostly it's about images. And there might be writers that are listening as well. Why ought they pay attention to Web3? What's the opportunity that's out there for those that are skeptical at this point? So the thing I would say in that matter is they may share the same underlying infrastructure, 
the same way, yeah, a casino website has the same infrastructure as a healthcare website, but the intention and the market dynamics behind them are extremely different. When you are collecting and writing NFT, you are not speculating, you are not expecting it to go to the moon. You are trying to support that writing. Whereas image and profile picture and collectibles and art NFTs do have a speculatory baggage that comes along with them. Writing NFTs are more about the knowledge and what can be done when you tokenize it. An idea that I've always thought is using those tokens to build better data, build better social graphs and knowledge graphs. I think we we might discuss that a bit later because that's quite the rabbit hole. Very cool. Well, let's back up a little bit and let's define what the heck Mirror is and who it's for. Because some people are like, all right, what did this mirror.xyz thing I heard you talk about? I don't really understand what it is. So let's describe it again in simple terms and, and identify really who's the ideal user to utilize something like this. So to talk about mirrors, to talk about the infrastructure that it provides mostly, there's three main big value points that it provides. First of all, there's the Ethereum layer, which allows for your articles to work as tokens, essentially. Like that's what makes them interconnectable with other publications. You can even like make a telegram group that only your subscribers of Mirror can access. Then there's the optimism layer, which allows for the NFTs and the collectible side of it. Optimism being like a branch of Ethereum, so to speak. A layer two. Yeah, exactly. It's a layer two. So it allows for cheaper transactions. It allows you to set your price at a dollar or half a dollar or whatever you like for that matter. But that's what allows the whole collectible side of it. And then there's the Arweave side of Mirror, which I do think is the most valuable of them all, which immortalizes the pieces of content. Say you're posting on WordPress and it will be hosted on a server somewhere. When it's in Arweave, it's decentralized, it's distributed all across the globe. That article is not being taken down unless the author chooses to do so. If a platform chooses to censor or just outright take down your article, you can always find another one that will just grab the exact same token. It's sort of like the canonical link in Web3. Okay, so let's break this down for people that are not super technical. There's three different pieces of technology here that are making this possible, right? There's Ethereum, which is the, if you will, the the backbone of most NFTs today. Then you've got Optimism, you mentioned, which is a layer two for lack of better words, a fork of Ethereum that allows you to more economically do transactions instead of having to pay the big gas fees that typically are on Ethereum. And then you've got this other technology, which sounds like is what stores the actual written words themselves, right? And what did you say that was called? Arweave. It's, yeah, kind of like the cloud of Web3. It's like your storage. Yep. Okay, cool. So all these technologies together allow Mir to do precisely what exactly? So what it does is the interface just looks like a word processor so you can write your articles on event or even import them from Substack. But what happens next, it is uploaded to the RWE blockchain and the Ethereum blockchain. And what that enables is, say, for example, you publish that piece in your publication and then a friend of yours who's a curator wants to display it on their own website, but still attribute it to you. What they can do is summon up that data from the blockchain have the entire article displayed, but say anyone clicks on on the collect button, anyone shares it, anyone wants to use that data in any way, they are doing it through your publication, not necessarily your friends. What it allows is a 
quicker, easier, and more sustainable way, just a smarter infrastructure to distribute content and data and knowledge. So when we were preparing, we were talking a little bit about trusting search, a human-centered approach, and a little bit about minting and collecting. So I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on why search maybe isn't super valuable and this human-centered approach, and then also how you actually mint and collect these things. That's what's going to bring this full circle. So this has a bit of personal opinion, but it also has a lot of fact to it. I believe all good search leads to creation and all good creation leads to search. What does that mean? If you have a knowledge pool big enough, you'll need a search engine to filter through it. But once it grows to a big enough mass, then you'll need curators. That's why we're seeing such a big influence with influencers or micro-influencers or user-generated content. Like We are beginning to trust the people more than the machines. And that's just because there's so much content. There's no way just classic search could do with it. Not to say stuff like SEO and SEM are irrelevant. Of course, they still have their place. But now that our marketing and our way of communicating and our way of sourcing knowledge and understanding concepts is migrating more towards a trust-based system, to put it this way, I would look up, I don't know, the best bike marketplace in my area. And Google will show me the, the people with the best SEO. But would, would they really be the best people in my area? Or would I trust my friend who's a cyclist who tells me this person has been here for 50 years? That's essentially what I'm getting at. How Mirror fits into this whole equation is, sure, you still have Google to source good content and you still have Medium and social media. But now what this tokenization allows is for me to go look at my friends who, I don't know, search marketing expert and see which articles he supported along his way. And I know whatever he likes, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a very good source of knowledge because he's an expert in that field. And whomever he appreciates, I would appreciate. So when we say supporting an article, help people understand what that means. You know, because in the Web2 world, when we say supporting an article, it might be a retweet, right? But you're talking about something a little bit different. So what's the, what's the support, quote unquote, really mean when it comes to this Web3 article stuff? When I say that support, I mean collect. And by collect, what I mean is your articles aren't technically NFTs until someone collects them. That can be through monetary means or non-monetary means. Like there's such a thing as free mint articles. And yeah, some some authors do decide to do that to spread their audience because also looking at it as a capture mechanic, every single person who collects your article is quote unquote, part of your mailing list. In a way, you can use that token to distribute more information to them. Okay, wow, I got to pause you here. So what I'm hearing you say, it's kind of like back in the olden days, people would use Evernote or they would use other tools to save articles that they read on a popular website or bookmarks in your web browser, right? The idea here is that you can collect this article as a way to have access to it. And that collection do you see the article for free and then you collect it to be able to come back to it? Or do you typically just see a abstract of it and then you have to pay to get to it? How does that work exactly with the collection side of things? On Mirror, talking exclusively about Mirror, every article is free to access. And you can even use the Arweave transaction. Like there's people who built like wallet trackers. Say I wanted to see everything you posted personally. I, I can make an RSS feed with your email and see whatever you posted. The same is true in Mirror with the wallet. So every article is free to access and read and, and enjoy. But if you want to collect it to have easier access to it or just to support the writer, 
because that's what most people do. They collect the articles just as a gesture of, hey, I like what you've done. Please do more. Fascinating. So when you first publish the article, now we're getting into how this thing works. When you first publish the article, is this like publishing an NFT or is this like publishing an article in WordPress? You know, because you hinted earlier, you said that it's not an NFT until someone collects it, right? So help us understand the creative process. Let's just assume everybody listening has used WordPress or a Google Doc, okay? So how is this similar? What's the process? Do you create this inside of Mirror first? Do you create it inside of a Google Doc first? Just walk us through the steps. It's funny you mentioned WordPress because, yeah, it's pretty similar. It's So let's run it through the whole creative process. You write your article in a napkin or in Google Docs or whichever platform you prefer to write. Then you upload it to Mirror. And usually there will be some formatting tweaks, same as with WordPress, like, hey, what's a header? Where do you put the images? All of those things still relevant here. And then when it comes time to publish it, instead of just clicking the publish button, you got to first set like, okay, how much do I want to charge for this article? It can be free. It can be hundreds of thousands of dollars if you've got the audience for it. Can you change that later or is it permanent? Like once you publish it? Once it is published, it's permanent. And yeah, like most people opt to stay in the range like 0.01 Ethereum, which at this moment is around like $15. I choose to make mine way cheaper. I do them like $1 or even less sometimes. But I do big volumes. I say there's going to be a, a thousand editions of this article. Oh, okay. Well, this is really intriguing. First of all, can you compose it right inside of Mirror if you want to? Or is it generally recommended that you use another platform and then get it into Mirror? What's your thoughts on that? You can 100% compose them with a, with a Mirror. The only thing I would have to say there is like, I'm always a person that likes to have a backup. So I usually write them in Google Docs and then post them to Mirror just to have the draft in, in the cloud. Now, when you upload images, and to this mirror document, are they living inside this ecosystem or are they pointing to some place where those images are on your server? I think they are uploaded to our weave as well. So yeah, everything goes through our weave. That data is there forever, as long as the blockchain exists. Let's say you have a typo in your article. Can you edit it or are you? is it too late? You didn't used to be able to do it, but now you can. Like Since they migrated to Optimism, because before it was 100% Ethereum, now you can actually like correct typos and switch up stuff and even edit the entire article after minting it. Because the thing is there, when you upload the article for the first time, it is in Arweave and it is able to be transacted within Ethereum. But the good thing about Arweave, it can be updated over time. Got it. So back to the article. So we are at the point where we've got this article. Let's say it's a couple thousand words, really well-crafted article. We have to decide at the point of publication how much we want to charge or someone to collect the article. Is that what I'm hearing you say? So if we want to charge someone to collect the article, we decide what it is. And can it be in dollars or Ethereum? Or is it all in Ethereum? It's all in Ethereum okay. as, as of right now. And you also mentioned you can limit how many people can collect the article. Why would you want to do that? So here's a little experiment I ran recently, which was called Soulbound Tokens. It's not a project per se, just, yeah, I, I did it for the fun of it. What we did there was we tried to build a publication in which people could interact with one another in an anonymized manner. And we built it over time. Like we told like, you got to write a message weekly telling someone about your week, like something very informal. And the way we did that was I minted an, a mirror announcement telling people about the project. And I said, hey, there's only 10 edition tokens. 
So the article itself, there's only 10 versions of it. And if you collect one of these, you gain access into this program. And I intentionally limited it because I didn't want this to be like hundreds of people like talking in unison. I wanted it to be more intimate. By collecting that token, now I can build token gator platform that allows people to interact with one another in an anonymized way. So we're using something like Colab land to, or what, what tech were you using to be able to token gate uh, access to your community? I've been checking out Guild XYZ and I'm also a very big fan of Unlock Protocol. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, we had Jillian Jenis do on the show, the founder of Unlock. All right. So we were talking about how you want to set up a price and you set up a limited number of them. Now, I've also seen NFT collections using Mirror to token gate access to their publication just to people who hold the NFT. So when you publish it, do you have the option to say, this is not going to be publicly available or it's going to be hidden for everyone except for the people that have a particular NFT? Are you familiar with how to do that so it's not generally available? So the best way to do that, like, I don't know if you can do it with a mirror itself, but what you could do is post it a mirror in, an, in a publication you wouldn't be advertising and then use tools like Unlock or Collabland or whichever you like to token gate a website that displays that information. Ah, I see. Okay, cool. I would love to ask, how much are people normally charging for these articles? And do you have any sense of how many people are actually utilizing this technology right now? Or is this dozens, thousands, tens of thousands? Do you have any sense? I would put it in the early thousands. I don't, think, I don't even think ten, tens of thousands of people are using it. But it's mostly because they're looking at it as a growth mechanic. Like a lot of the writers I've talked with have been thinking, okay, how do I grow an audience with it? And yeah, that's missing the point. Like this isn't about getting 10,000, 50,000 people to join your newsletter. It's more about engaging the ones you already have. And in terms of pricing and how much people are charging per an article, like to give you an example, and I have the vantage point of publishing from different platforms and different publications at the same time. So when I publish for Rabbit Hole, I usually leave it at just $1 per edition, but that's just because Rabbit Hole has access to thousands of people. But on my own media and my own publication, I usually charge, yeah, like $15 per edition. I've even seen, I remember a great writer, her name is Anastasia. She published her entire master's thesis about data privacy, and she charged like $70 per edition. But that's just because it was like a 45-page book. Now, just to be clear, can you choose to require someone to pay to get access? Because some of the examples we were talking about where it's free, available to read, and then you just collect it, which is the ability to easily reference it in the future. It sounds more like this model is a little bit more like some of these Web2 solutions where you... Patreon, for example, is what comes to mind, right? But can you also make it so that you don't get access to it without payment? And not at the moment, but it wouldn't surprise me if they launched that feature in the future because that's something that, that's been requested a lot for them. You can still do it using Guild and using Unlock Protocol on your own hosted website and using the mirror data as the token of entry. Okay, so, so far, just to kind of summarize what I'm hearing you say, mirror.xyz allows you to publish content. And it sounds like, is there a limit to how long it can be? Because you mentioned that someone posted their thesis on Mirror, right? So it sounds like there doesn't seem to be any limit to how much content you can publish here. Is that correct? That's very correct. Is there a fee 
or does it is it free? I mean, how does this all work? I mean, if you're publishing a book versus an article, is there any kind of fee you have to pay to be able to use Mirror XYZ? That's an excellent question because it does have an interesting story behind it. There used to be an a huge fee to post on Mirror when it was mostly hosted on Ethereum because you had to pay the Ethereum gas fee. Like the only cost of using Mirror is the gas fees. But now that they've migrated to the Optimism chain, it's free. Yeah, you, you just post it. You, you don't even have to sign a transaction or anything. Huh. So it doesn't matter how many people are reading that article? I mean, like... Just a second. Yeah. Care to backtrack? Like, yeah, I think you do need to sign a transaction. You don't need to, like, submit it. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. So the applications here, if we start to think about this, like, I would love to hear some of the examples or use cases that you have seen people doing specifically with some of this. And I know we've talked about this a little bit here and there, but let's dig in a little bit on like how Mirror could be used in different kinds of business applications that you've seen. The best one and the most actionable one right now is the one you mentioned, like token gating media and access is the most obvious one because Mirror is a very engaging way to distribute your token because it's not like just here, here's a token, use it for something. You can have a storytelling component and you can tell the instructions. You can have the entire journey within your article. And for to give you a little example, like Rafa the Builder, which is part of the Mirror team, he, a couple months ago, he launched a publication of what he calls a DAM, Decentralized Autonomous Media Network, in which he shares pieces of content that he finds interesting. And the only way to get into that access of such valuable resources is by collecting one of the entries in his publication. Okay, so let's talk this through. So what I'm hearing you say is these actual articles that you publish on Mirror for free, the moment someone quote unquote collects them, for lack of better words, which is supporting you, right? You can then use that to allow access to an exclusive discord or allow access using the jump unlock protocol to other courses and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. So this is kind of an inexpensive way for somebody to get into launching an NFT without any art at all. Just the written word. Is that really what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. That's exactly what I mean. Now, can you send, is there a limit to how many people can read this? Because let's say someone who's listening is a writer and they've got a big email list and they start publishing their content exclusively on Mirror, and they send thousands of people to Mirror. Is there any challenges with that at all? Not that I know of. Like, okay. there might be some hidden limits in terms of like what the actual infrastructure provides. Like, I could see Cloudflare collapsing or, yeah, reaching that limit before Mirror itself does. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you, we use Cloudflare and Social Media Examiner, and we get over a million people a month, and it does not collapse. So I, I think that that's not going to be a problem if Cloudflare is kind of the front end of this thing. All right, so this is kind of a big unlock. The fact that you can create written content that is widely consumed by people, you could promote it in your email newsletter, for example, or on your podcast, right, or some other way that you you have uh, getting the word out, or even on Twitter. They go to mirror.xyz. Do they need to log in with their wallet to be able to see the content or is the content generally accessible? The content is freely accessible. You do need to log in with a wallet to collect it though. Right. And is it obvious to people who are not Web3 savvy what the heck collecting means? Well, there is like a, a very big call to action button that says like collect edition. There might be some small hurdles in terms of like actually completing the transaction because even though it might come to be free, you know, like if the author chooses to make it like free to collect, 
you don't need to even have Ethereum to collect an article. But yeah, it's the same hurdle of using a wallet that any other Web3 platform has. So you need something like MetaMask or some sort of a Ethereum-based wallet. Obviously, you want a little bit of ETH in your wallet. So you may have to train your, in the article, maybe at the end of every one of your articles, you could train people on how to actually collect, right? You could link to another article that says, here's how to collect these things if you're, if you're targeting this to a Web2 audience. But you only need Ethereum. You don't need to worry about these other layers, right? Is that correct? Yeah, like it's just a little pop-up that says like switch to optimism at the moment you're collecting and that's it. Like you don't need to do anything else. Now, the other question I've got is, do they provide any kind of reporting at Mirror that shows you who's collected? And because you kind of hinted a little bit that you could potentially do things with this. It sounds like we're almost like collecting a list of wallet IDs here, right? That's a very good question. And so that there's actually two sides of that answer. First of all, you can see and every, anyone can see who has collected an article. It's like a ranking system. Like you can see, and if they have an ENS, you can literally see their name. And also, Mary does offer a subscription functionality that allows people to sign up to an email list, quote unquote, with their wallets. And they get notifications to their email whenever you publish a new piece. And does that piece show up in their, their wallet on OpenSea then or something like that? Or do they just go into Mirror to see it? So the way it works is like when you create a mirror account, if you choose to do so, you can say, hey, this is the email I want to get notifications in. And the author can't see that email. They can only see your wallet. But if you subscribe to that publication, just by you signing that transaction, you get the notification on Gmail. Fascinating. Okay. We talked about this example of a writing race or something like that. Uh, and we were prepping. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that case example? That's one of the most exciting pieces of technologies to come out of Mirror. They sadly don't use it as much anymore, but they did set the infrastructure up for it to be used more widely. So to give you a little recap, the right race used to be a way to vote on decisions and do ranking systems that a lot of Web3 companies use. Like, for example, C-Club, the well-known like Y Combinator Web3. Had Jess on the show, yeah. Oh, excellent. They used to select which projects made it into their cohort through the right way. So token holders would vote and say, hey, I want to give 50% of what I have to this person, and that will move them up the ranks. When Mary sunsetted that, that mechanic, another builder called David Phelps took that idea upon himself, and he launched a new platform with the same infrastructure, mind you. like It is pretty much the same product, just packaged differently which he called the joke DAO. And nowadays it's still being widely used with this new wrapping. It's called the joke DAO, J-O-K-E. Very fascinating. Let's talk about like what's missing from Mir because so many people might be familiar with Medium or WordPress or any other publishing platform. Like what is it that people need to be aware of that maybe may have a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to using Mir? So hmm, that's a very good question. The thing there is like, we could say thousands of things that Mirror could do to add some bells and whistles to the entire publishing experience. But I overall think Mirror does a great job of what it intends to do. And the cool thing about it is the data is open. Like if you want to have Mirror with a discovery engine or you have want to have Mirror with more social-centered aspects, you can just pull the data from Mirror and build your own. So to that question, yeah, there's a lot of things that Mirror could improve. But the main difference between, between Web 2 and Web 3 is 
imagine if every project was open source. Like imagine if you could grab the Facebook advertising platform and use the same data contained within to build your own advertising platform. So what I would say there is anyone who's looking to improve Mirror, they can just do it themselves and pull the data from them. You know, one of the things I was wondering is how does Mirror actually make any money? Do they take a portion of the collection? Is there a small percentage that goes to them as a commission to kind of keep the infrastructure up and running? Um, not that I know of. Like, as far as I know, what Mirror is aiming to do is... It's almost like a protocol, it sounds like, right? Yeah, it, it is aiming to be like the content protocol in a way. It's just fascinating to think that, I guess another question that comes to mind is copyright infringement. Do you know if there's a way to, I would imagine at this juncture, anyone can publish anything on there, whether it's copyrighted or not. And it's a little wild, wild west in that regard. Yeah, same as with all of NFTs. But at the same time, the same thing that is the problem offers the solution. Because how can you prove that you own the copyright for someone having it on-chain and immutably stored before anyone else? So that's the same problem, the same solution. Like if down the line, someone just copy pastes your article and posts it on their own platform, you have the token and it's decentralized, stored in a decentralized manner to prove that you are the original author. Yeah, I guess I'm flipping the script a little bit. What's stopping from someone from copying an article from your blog or my blog and putting it on Mirror and trying to collect money from it? Probably nothing, right? Yeah, probably nothing. That That's also very true. Like, yeah, that's going to be a growing pain, but something a friend of mine always says, not enough people have sued enough people to have the final answers to that. And I do abide by that. Like, yeah. it's going to be a growing pain, but we will sort it out. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for answering all my questions about Mir. I think a lot of people are starting to see that NFTs and Web3 can be so much more than just images and video. And I love the idea of the possibilities that this can open up for people who are creators on the written word side of thing, whether they be nonfiction, fiction, education, all that kind of stuff. If people want to learn more about Mirror or you, I know you don't represent Mirror, but I know you're, you're friends with the folks at Mirror. I would imagine they just go to mirror.xyz to actually learn about Mirror. But if they want to learn more about Chiron and all the things you've got going on, What's the best way to reach out to you on the socials? And then is there a place you want to send them, including a mirror profile, for example? Yeah. Keeping it in touch with the mirror side of things. The best way to find me is just chiron.mirror.xyz. That's K-A-I-R-O-N.mirror.xyz. Now, to have your own subdomain, is that something that costs money or is that also free on mirror? I'm just curious. That's the most interesting part of the entire platform. So you can create a publication for free and just start posting to your heart's desire. But to get a publication, they run, a, I think it's bi-weekly curated newsletter that picks the best publication that's ever come on the platform within those two weeks. And the top five get a domain. It, the only way to get it is by being awarded the token. Ah, that's really cool. All right. And then if you want to reach out to you on the socials, what's the best way to reach you? The best place would be Twitter. Just send over a DM and I'd be happy to reach back. And your Twitter URL is? K41R0N. K41R0N. <laughs> That's an... Chiron and Leedspeed. And if, but if they search for Chiron, K-A-I-R-O-N, I would imagine on Twitter, they're also going to find you. Is that correct? Or is there multiple Chirons on there? I think there's a big investment firm that's named the same as me. Okay, cool. 
Now, the last question is, is there a, a website that's not Twitter and not mirrorx.xyz that you want to send people to, or are these the ones that you recommend? Sadly, didn't get over to creating it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Chiron, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and answering my myriad of questions about what you're doing with Mir. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Like, I'm a very big fan of this platform, and I'm a, a very enthusiastic about what it can unlock. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C48. Hey, if you're new to this show, would you follow us? Let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelsner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelsner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Web3 Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Web3 Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Web3 Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.